you have to step out. You have to take time to step out and begin to learn some of the things that are new. When you learn about these new faster payments and innovations that we're talking about, think about how does that apply to the work, the 17th step process? Because that's where innovation occurs when I upend the 17th step process, whatever that process might be. So learn, 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 learn. Welcome in everybody. You're listening to Wrestling Payments, a podcast where we help payment professionals contend with the challenges of modernizing their payments operations and identifying ways to build for the future. If you're interested in payments innovation and modernization, you're in the right place. Now, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Wrestling Payments. We are here at the Payments Management Conference 2023, our 50th anniversary. I'm here with, I hope, my good friend, but definitely Peter Tapling. Peter is, would you say, a, a, a renaissance man? Would you introduce well, yourself? First of all, of course we're good friends. <laughs> but I learned many years ago, I'm not going to state how many years ago, but I was in the, I'm a technology person. I was on a project that was related to payments and the bankers said, hey, we're gonna go present this at a banking conference and you need to come along with us because you can answer the technical questions. Okay. That's when I learned that payments is a black hole. And once you get sucked over the event horizon, you can never make it out again. So everything that I've done for the past 20 years has been in and around payments through a variety of technologies and it's been a wild ride. It, that's excellent. I, I just listened to uh, the payments podcast by the payments professor and I heard you say that and it's, it, it's so true. I, I came, I have an accounting degree. I got out of college and I was going to find an accounting job and Nietzsche, like in 1989 said they needed a computer guy and, and at, you know, the, the economy was tough. And I would go on accounting and, numbers, computers, yeah. numbers. Seems like it worked to me. I knew how to press the on button. So I got hired and I, you know, many, many years later, many, many job descriptions later, I am in payments and I love payments. Did you say where you're from? I did not. <laughs> Why did you do that? Peter Tapling, PTAP advisory. I have an independent consultancy. I operate at the intersection of fraud identity and risk uh, payments, and then a layer that I call innovation, which is cryptocurrency, central bank digital currency, BNPL, 5G, IoT, fun stuff. Fun um, stuff. And it turns out that all the fun stuff has a tie into payments. Nice, right? Payments is the place to be. I don't think you, you did. I'm uh, sorry, I'm, I'm leveraging another podcast. <laughs> what university? Is there a university that has a payments degree? There is a, our good friend, Steve Lidford is actually an advisor yes. to a program that is trying to there are maybe two or three programs around the united states mm -hmm. that have some focus on payments but i still don't think that there's a degree program on payments excellent excellent so we are learning on the job this is intended to help you this podcast was put together so that really we could say here's where things are going here's some of the skills you want to learn Peter is such a great guest for that because he knows all the skills. Let's let's talk about why don't we talk about faster? So we'll talk about faster. Uh, faster right now, for our definition, consists of real-time payments, the up-and-coming Fed now, same-day ACH. They're all faster. 
Some of them are instant. If I wanted to be, learn more about, become the expert in, and as one of my board members said, I want to know what I need to know to tell my boss what they need to know. What would that be? Well, one of the great things about payments is all of the innovations that are constantly occurring. I mean, we're talking about faster. And by the way, you missed one in faster. Cards. The faster payments playbook definition of faster oh. includes instant payment, which is RTP and FedNow, mm -hmm. same day ACH, mm -hmm. and immediate payments, which is push to card on the push debit card. network. Which is a thing, okay. real, works. Sorry, cards. And it's faster. Yes. Anyway, we digress. One of the challenges in the United States is we do make things difficult on ourselves. We like choice. And because we like choice, oh boy, do we have a lot of choices. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I would say that I would, I'm going to be a shill a little bit for the U.S. Faster Payments Council. So that, uh, those of you who don't know, there is a U.S. Faster Payments Council, fasterpaymentscouncil.org. They have a lot of information that's for free. NACHA has a lot of information on instant payments. Your various payments associations, Niche being one, is a great place to go. We happen to be at the Niche Payments Management Conference right now. And mm -hmm. I've been in three sessions today that were um, very educational, even for me. I've, nice. I've learned things every day. Excellent. Very nice. Very nice. You know, just to reinforce what you said, Faster Payments Council, there's so much information out on that website. Uh, really, really helpful. I, as a member, I'm not sure what's free, what's not. But the most, well, I would say that almost all the information that gets published gets turned into an infographic. And the infographics are almost all, are, to my knowledge, all not behind a paywall. You know, for instance, the directory models work group, we have an infographic on directory models. What's a directory? That's an interesting question that you should ask, right? We're going to bring that topic up second. Okay. But I would say that particular to your question about Faster Payments Council, they have done some very good and some very deep work. They have white papers that are 30, 40, 60 pages deep. So if you want to get that level of information, you would have to join. But you can get the infographic information, infographic level information um, just by going to the website. Okay. Directories? Oh, directories. So the concept of a directory is the ability to be able to, I want to send Joe a payment but I don't want Joe to have to give me his routing number and account number. Um, and we're all familiar with this today because yeah. we all use some form of Zelle, PayPal, Venmo, Square Cash, whatever, mm -hmm. where, oh, I know your phone number. I'm just your phone number, away you go. Behind that is a directory. Somewhere in the universe, that telephone number is getting mapped to Joe's account. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that does not exist in the instant payment schemes is any kind of directory. And so for RTP today, the only way to send an RTP is to know someone's routing number and account number. FedNow, which is coming out at a to be announced date in July, will, you know, will not have a directory. Although the Federal Reserve has a specific effort related to directories. And if you read there, what's coming in release one and what's coming in the future, in the future, they actually reference directory. Fascinating to me to see what that might actually be. Mm -hmm. It, it's all interesting, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to nail you down and stick with the name of my, my podcast, which is wrestling payments. So I'm going to wrestle you with, if I'm an operations staffer, what's the one thing I should learn next? How am I going to tie that to wrestling? Oh, I'm just wrestling with you. Oh, okay. Got it. All right. <laughs> I thought for a minute, I was going to have to come up with a wrestling analogy. One thing that I had to do, I'm in payments at a financial institution. 
you know, the number one thing is just never stop learning. We get so busy with our day jobs and we're so focused on our day jobs that somebody gave me this 17 step process and I'm going to do the 17 step process and go home and have a pizza. You have to step out. You have to take the time to step out and begin to learn some of the things that are new. When you learn about these new faster payments and innovations that we're talking about, think about how does that apply to the work, these, the 17 step process, because that's where innovation occurs when I upend a 17 step process, whatever that process might be. Mm -hmm. So learn, 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 learn. And the follow up to that question is if I'm their boss, is it still just learn, 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 or is anything more? Focused? Well, <clears throat> so it, yes, although at the executive level, you're, you're trying to learn different things. At the executive level, you're not necessarily trying to learn what's an ISO 2022 PAX 08 message and what does the debtor account name mean? <laughs> like none of that is really important, but you do need to be able to internalize and articulate what does this mean to my customer? What does it mean to my business customer? Mm -hmm. And so I talk a lot when we talk about, hey, we're going to go to faster payments. What do we do now? Education, education, education. Did I just say learn, learn, learn? You're sensing a theme here. Theme, right? there's a theme. But one of the things that you have to do is people talk a lot about, oh, I'm going to have to educate my frontline staff because a customer might come in and ask. And I'm going to have to educate my treasury management staff because a business customer might want to know about this. Well, guess what? Who's golfing with the CEO of the largest customer? Mm -hmm. He needs to know what instant payments is all about. She needs to know what instant payments is all about and be able to articulate it and be able to entice the customer to come into the bank and try it. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent, excellent. I want to, I'm gonna bridge, go into a different topic. There is no rehearsal with this. So I'm gonna to go to a different topic. Hopefully it's not a takedown. No, it could see, be a takedown. See what, see what oh, I, I do have a, here's my, here's my analogy for okay. wrestling. All right. I'll give you my analogy for wrestling. You know. Wrestlers start, they get into the business, and they wrestle, and they win, and they lose. It's not until you have a finishing move that you really start to climb the ladder. One of these solutions is a finishing move. Okay. Being an expert in something is a finishing move. Okay. So that's that's as far as I got shoot the that. leg. You shoot the leg, figure four. All, Ric Flair always won with the figure four. We're, we're, this that's is going right. to get bad soon. It's going to get bad soon. Yes, I'll stop. We'll stop. Go back to the topic. I, I'm going to pick your brain and I'm going to pick your brain with AI. Okay. So the world is like, oh, this new AI thing. It's crazy. <laughs> Look what it can do. How old is AI? At least the 1960s. Thank so you. 50s, 60s years. What's happening now and why, what should we be concerned about? Yeah. Know. So the, the, the concept of a computer be, being able to do to provide some cognitive response, to be able mm -hmm. to not just take an input, do an equation and spit out an answer, but to take input, air quotes, think about it and spit out an answer. That's been around forever. Anybody who's watched the movie, 2001 Space Odyssey, open the pod bay doors, <laughs> Hal. You know, pick your favorite AI movie. So the concept of AI has been around for a very long time. I th there, there's three things that are really new I'll call it now, but in, in the re in recent years, right? One of the challenges of AI is AI is computationally intensive. So computational resources are much less expensive now. The second thing that AI needs is it needs data, 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 data. It's a data hungry application. 
the reason that they don't call it just raw intelligence and it's artificial intelligence is because it's made up. It has to look at a big basket of data. Now for you and me, that's our history. We touch the stove, the stove is hot. Don't touch the stove mm -hmm. anymore, right? Mm -hmm. It has to go look at all that data and figure it out. With ChatGPT and BARD and the likes of, of those offerings, what the third thing that they've added is this concept of a large language model. And, and this is the ability to take in the request in a language, mm -hmm. English, Cantonese, Portuguese, French, German, whatever. Python. Break that, break that down. Well, that's programming language, separate, separate discussion, but break that down into what the AI engine thinks are the meaningful elements of that request. Now go apply all my AI-ish stuff. And when I get something of a response, use that large language model again to present in complete sentences in a language that I've been asked, um, what, what might this answer look like, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, the combination of those three things is fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if, if, again, learn, 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 learn. If you have not played around with it, stop this podcast right now. Go spend 15 minutes, play around with AI and come back. Or finish the podcast. Or and finish. Play it or right fine. Finish the podcast. Either one is fine. I've adopted that learn, learn, learn. So some of the things you said make perfect sense to you. But if you're new to this, the large, what, what does it mean? Large group of data. What, what does that mean? What is neural and linguistic? You know, what neural, does that neural mean? Networks. Neural net, what does that mean? And I found just going to the pieces and taking one piece at a time. And all of a sudden you'll be talking where it takes data from the, the, the data lake and it puts it into a data warehouse and it uses neural linguistic whatever to pull the question, the prompt, and you get a result. But it doesn't, you know, it, it, you can't flush it all in at once. Just gotta learn pieces at a time. I don't wanna keep you for a very long time, but I do have one more segment if you okay. will. Okay, all right. The one more segment, and I think you've mentioned it twice, but I kind of want you to delve a little bit into it. You talked about, you know, financial institutions, and I don't know if it was on air or in our background, you know, our operations job, we come in, we do the 17 steps they told us to do, and we're done. That's, we do that every day. Should that be changed? Did that, you see that change in COVID? Anything you want to? Well, a few thoughts. Yeah. Yes, things change in COVID because we couldn't be in the office and many of those steps were manual steps. So, mm -hmm. so that was an improvement. Yay. COVID pushed a lot of things. I have always, I've lived my life on the vendor side. I've always been a provider to financial institutions. And I have to tell you that being able to do a Zoom call with a financial institution is way easier than trying to fly to pick your favorite small town in middle America okay. and in the middle of winter, because it's always in the middle of winter mm -hmm. and have that 35 minute meeting because the person's running late, right? Mm -hmm. And so getting those companies to get on a video call circa 2018 was impossible. Mm -hmm. And if you could get them on, the microphones didn't work, their speakers weren't on. Boom, everybody fixed that problem. Less than a year, like by the end of 2020, everybody was able to do a Zoom call. I take, I take that as a promising, uh, a promising thing mm -hmm. because what it means is even financial institutions can change quickly, mm -hmm. right? Given the proper motivations. Sure. Now, 
I do not recommend a global pandemic as a motivation. <laughs> it's not a strategy. But, not a strategy. Um, create your own motivations. Figure out what are the things that we really want to be able to change. What are the things we, where we really want to behave differently? Mm-hmm. Um, you've probably seen I do a presentation once in a while on innovation within financial institutions, and I start the presentation talking about you know Uber and Amazon and Google and Facebook, and I do it intentionally to get the community bankers in the room to roll their eyes and say, oh my God, I can't do that. that's like way too big. And then what I try and do is break it down and say, look, innovation happens a bunch of different ways, right? That really, really big innovation that's touched all of us, well, they made a billion dollars. And if you came up with an idea, you would be a billionaire and we wouldn't be doing this podcast, mm-hmm. right? But everybody in their day job, has something that they think to themselves, why am I doing this? This is so stupid, right? That is an opportunity for innovation. Mm -hmm. And I always, you know, a takeaway, I call it Innovation Friday Lunch. So I want you to schedule an Innovation Friday Lunch. You order in pizza. In order to get a piece of pizza, someone must fill out a sticky note with one idea to innovate something in their current day job. Love it. On a yellow sticky note, and put it on a wall. Mm-hmm. The good thing is Americans are pigs. Everybody's going to want three or four pieces of pizza. <laughs> and so by the end of that lunch, you're going to have 40 or 50 ideas. Most of them are not good. Right. But that's okay. That's okay. Because what we're looking for is that gem. We're looking for the one or two things we oh. With relatively little change, with relatively little risk, with relatively little money, we can change the way we're doing something and take this 17-step process and make it a 10-step process and save 10 hours a week times five people and boom, now we can go do something else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so innovation isn't always this really big, go go make a billion dollars. Innovation starts small. Mm -hmm. I, I just had an episode, my best episode since this one. My best episode yet so far. And that's exactly what they did. They saved 500 hours a year. Now it's only 500 hours, but it's 500 hours, right? Do you have any, any ex- real experience, like s- things people told you recently that, that people could say? I, I had a, I think I could tell this story without giving away any names. So right. community financial institution has a call center. The call center is for people asking about payments on their auto loans. Mm-hmm. Now, payments on auto loans is not something that you really need to call in about. So, so again, uh, I don't know that they did it through an Innovation Friday, but through a process like that, somebody mm-hmm. raised their hand and said, you know, we should take a look at this. So it's six people in the call center because it's 24 by seven, all manned by people uh, who are employees of the bank, yeah. right? And they figured out that almost all of the people who called the call center were elderly people who wanted company for 15 minutes. Now, while that's a great service of the financial, service. Institution, financial institution, when you have to think about how am I offering this stuff, so they it was a six-month project. And during the six months, the, they started telling people immediately, this call center is going away. You have to be able to do it in the branch or digitally. Like, that's it. Those are your only two options. Mm-hmm. We're not, can't, call, can't call on the phone anymore. And they got a lot of pushback initially. But what they found out was in this older demographic, almost nobody had the mobile app for the bank. And about two thirds of the people who would call in got the mobile app, yeah. right? Yeah. And six people were able to free them up, go work on other things. Yeah. Infrastructure for a 24 by seven call center became office space for a foosball table. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Lunch, free lunches, yeah. Excellent, no, that's great. That I love that innovation. It's not the next doohickey or the Pay by thumb or anything. It's real life innovation. Real life experience. Well, you said it earlier. I can't remember again if it was on the call. If we were recording when you said this. Yeah. You said, you know, the thing with fintechs 
is they go find one thing that a bank does in a really crappy way. Mm -hmm. And then they go do that one thing. Okay. And then banks get all upset because they're like, oh, they just did some innovation. We could have done that. Yes. Yes. You could have done it. Right. Right. Yeah. And so it's really just a matter of kind of waking, pulling back from your day job long enough to say, yes, we're going to commit the time, effort, mental energy, money to innovate. And again, find, get small wins first. Because when you get small wins, the executives are like, oh, we've seen you do this before and it worked. So mm -hmm. sure. You want to do one that's a little bit bigger bite at the apple, we'll do that this time. Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. Any last words? I don't think I have any, <laughs> except the, I gotta do an out throw. I think it's a takedown, down for the count. <laughs> excellent, excellent. One, two, three. Yes! That's probably gonna, we're gonna capture that. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> all right, well, thank you very much for joining us. Again, this is Wrestling Payments. Click all the buttons, leave comments, subscribe. If you have a topic you want us to cover, Send us, send us a uh, email or a text or however you want to get it to us, get it to us. Be innovative. On behalf of Nietzsche, your trusted resource in payments, and our guests, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning into the podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more about payments innovation and modernization, you can find the Wrestling Payments Podcast on the podcast page of Nietzsche.org or wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Just search for Wrestling Payments in your podcast app. Thanks for listening.